The Needs of Mother Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com and they're doing an offer this season whereby you get triple your odds on your first bet and all you need to do to get that is go 888sport.com forward slash West Ham and have an opinion about how the score will finish, who will get the most throw-ins. You'll have to have a look at all the different options on there for whatever odds you can imagine. They're tripled on your first one. So that's 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. Miscued by Moncur. Cotty! It's his fourth in five games. And what a finish. He had the half chance. Bishop. That was a lovely ball through to Cotty. Onto his left. It's a great goal, and it's three! The hat trick had to come. And it comes. He's got Pike to take the ball back, and the wall to go back as well. Hello and welcome to the News at Mother Brown West Ham Podcast Series 4, Episode 21. Joining me here in the chill of the lovely Bianca Westwood. Why, thank you very much. And you're joining us here for part two of the Tony Cotty interview. Yes, the Tony Cotty life story. <laughs> One hour of reflection <laughs> on the life and times of Tony Cotty. We've had tears, we've had laughter. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. Good. So anyway, without further ado, here it is. After 86, so the teams start doing less well, uh, finishes a 15th and 16th, but your goals, are, you're still banging them in. Like, uh, well, I got more the rate. following season, the 86-87, yeah. I actually got 22 league goals, so I got more that season, but poor old Frank, I think he only got seven seven league goals that year, so you know, for me personally, uh, the goals kept kept flying in, and you know, I was I was really pleased with that, and then the, the following season, 87-88, was a, a poor um, individual total for me, but you know, I, I started to get, I started to get frustrated. Um, you know, for me, after the eighty-five, eighty-six season, we we should have kicked on. We should have kicked on, mm-hmm. and the ball should have backed John Lowe a bit yeah. more. And I think John got frustrated because he was trying to sign players for whatever reason. You know, we didn't buy the left back, we didn't buy the midfielder. I know I, Dixie and Nancy were there, and perhaps John's argument might have been when those two players are there, but. You know, all the great teams throughout history, you look at the Liverpool team from the 80s, the Man United team, the Arsenal, the Chelsea, all those teams, and this is where Chelsea went wrong this year, when you win the league, you go out and improve your squad. Mm. And we needed to do that in 85, 86, and we didn't. Um, 86, 87, although we started well, we had a, again we had a load of injuries and we sort of tailed off towards the end of the season. And uh, and I was just getting frustrated. And at the same time, I broke into the England squad. I was telling you earlier, wasn't mm. I? And I got in the England squad and uh, no, it was a different era back then because um, you know you didn't get financially rewarded for what you was doing and more importantly as a as a, a young player uh, a youth player coming through you was getting less than what a player who arrived from another club so you know yeah. I used to get frustrated you know I mean I didn't know what others were getting but you hear rumours you know, football's always been rumours oh so and so's getting out of man and you think oh, he's getting mm. twice as much as me or whatever it might have been and I think well honestly I'm scoring all the goals here and I'm not getting financially rewarded for what I was doing 
And also, when I got in the England squad, you got you know you got the Man United players, the Everton players, the Liverpool players, all winning trophies, playing in Europe or whatever it might have been. Uh, it wasn't Europe then because we was banned, but you know they're all winning trophies and everything, and and, and sort of saying how much money they're getting, etc. And you know, and as a young kid. I'm thinking, well, look, I want to earn a bit more money, and most importantly, I wanted to try. I wanted the feeling of trying to win a trophy. Mm. Mm. You know, I wanted to win a cup, or I wanted to win a league, and you know, and, and I was and the eighty-five, eighty-six season, as great as it was, it didn't help me because it gave me a taster yeah. of what it's like to challenge for the league, yeah. how exciting yeah. it could be. be and I wanted there. to do that at West Ham. You know, the last thing in the world I ever wanted to do. And I'm gutted, really. I look back, I think, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have done what Mark Noble's probably going to do, or, you know, what... Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Of, uh, <laughs> They're uh, on the ground. Uh, yeah, yeah, Trevor Brooking, for yeah. example. Yeah. You know, like, you know, not many players have done it, but, I, you know, I could have stayed at West Ham and I might have got near Vic Watson's. You know, I probably would have overtaken Jeff Hurst, who was, who was in second with 250. Mm. You know, I got 146, mm. another 100 goals. I don't know, maybe I would have done it. I don't know. But I look mm. back now, I, think, I wish I'd have stayed at West Ham the whole of my career. But it, I just got frustrated. I got incredibly frustrated and I was an ambitious young kid who, who wanted to to earn a bit more money and, and win trophies so in the end obviously ultimately I, I left West Ham and signed for Everton went to Everton and won absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> but we were, you know, I, I'm saying outside like that's the most unlucky time to go to Everton because yeah. they're in this golden era of winning trophies they're a big team at the time you go there and it's a difficult time you know what I can sum it up you'll laugh at this right so Everton win the league in 1987 yeah, yeah. I joined in 1988 I was there for six years. I left in 1994, having won absolutely nothing. Everton won the cup in 95. <laughs> so I always say it was. Oh, were you a Jonah? Uh, it was just. I think it was. It was the right club, but at the wrong time. Yeah. And you know, and they was going through transition. They won the league in '87, and then what happened? You feel like you know, feel like boys like Peter Reid and a few of the others were just getting a little bit, maybe too old of trying to sort of bring in youngsters of which I was one of them and then you then had all the youngsters coming in transitional period Mm. and then I left and um, you know Mike Walker sold me at uh, Everton um, and I I left and three months later Duncan Ferguson arrived who I'd love to have played up front with Everton hero uh, good parent. Joe yeah. Royal arrived as manager Perfect. after Mike Walker got sacked. Joe Royal came in again, a manager who should have got the job when Mike before Mike Walker. And so you know, it was just one of them things. And but you know, I had a great time up there. I don't, I don't regret doing what I did. I think with life, you can't once you make a decision in life and once you do things, whether it's football related or personally, whatever, you can't look back and say like that was the wrong. Well, you can, but mm. if it's the right decision at the time, then mm. it's the right decision. And mm. you know, like I say, I'd. I'd, I'd, I'd I'd love to sit here and say, well, I played for West Ham for 20 years and scored 500 goals for the club. I'd love to do that. But, you know, I, I had to make decisions yeah. in my career. And Everton was a great club to play at for the time, at the yeah, time. They, yeah, at the time they were, you know. And I had the choice, Arsenal or Everton, and I signed for Everton. Um, there was a big difference between the financial packages. I'm quite open about it. And, you know, so Everton, I had to take mm. from a financial point of view. But I also felt that they wanted me a bit more, you know. They wanted they wanted a goal scorer. They wanted me to go along and and score the goals at Everton and when I met George Graham George Graham was the Arsenal manager at the time and George Graham he said of course you'd love to wear the Arsenal blazer wouldn't you 
and I looked at him. <laughs> uh, I looked at him, and I, I didn't say it, but I'm thinking, yeah. why would I want to wear an Arsenal blazer? I'm a West Ham fan. I don't wear an Arsenal blazer. <laughs> and then he said, like, you know, you have to work hard in the team. If that means tracking fullbacks, you're going to have to do that. And I'm thinking, what do I want to go to Arsenal and track fullbacks for? <laughs> yeah. I want to go and score goals, and that's what Everton said to me. You come to us, score 25 goals a season, you'll be our top man. As it turned out, I averaged 16 goals a season, so I didn't quite get the 25. But you know, mm. I, I've got 99 goals in six years for the club, and. I, I did my best, but it was just a transitional period and, you know, like I say, right club, wrong time. We had a question from Phil S on the forum who said, not being disrespectful, but it seemed at the time, towards the end of your first spell at West Ham, that you couldn't wait to get out. How much did you force the move? Like I was it? frustrated, Chris. Yeah, I yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair comment. You know, I, I look back and... Um, I was devastated, by the way. I think I He was more devastated when Frank... <laughs> you know, you know just don't give me all that. It but, no, it, it was... <laughs> You know, you look back and you... I didn't want to leave. I didn't, oh, what do I want to leave for? I'm a West Ham fan. Mm. But I'm thinking that... And I, I knew my career was short and you had to try and achieve things. And I think I'm not going to achieve what I want to achieve at West Ham. And it really hurt me. And But it, it just got to the stage. I just got so frustrated. Um, my last season, 87, 88, I knew that Everton were in for me. I knew that Arsenal were in for me. The papers were saying that... Uh, Fiorentina and Glasgow Rangers who were a big club at the time all these clubs are in for me and it's hard as a 20 what was that 22 year old 20, yeah 22 yeah. year old it's hard not to have your head turned by yeah. things you're still a kid really you are, you're, you you're still a baby it, yeah. really you know and um, I don't know I just I, I did force the move in the end I, I had to because I wasn't doing myself any favours and ultimately I wasn't doing the club any favours but the problem was is when I left the, all, the goals went with me mm. and of yeah. course the following season 88-89 was a complete disaster for the Hammers David Kelly signed yeah. and West Ham went down because they didn't have the goals there you know, I'm not saying it was a one man team but you yeah. know, if you take 15 goals a season out of any team you're going to be in problems and mm. you know, it hurt me and I, you know, obviously the fans gave me a bit of stick and everything but it was just it was just I had to make a decision and you know you, you have, what, what's right for you personally is not always what's right for you professionally mm. personally I didn't want to leave West Ham professionally I had to and that's what I, the, the decision I made but you, you were forgiven though weren't you yeah not to start with I think and I came back that first season 88-89 as an Everton player and I was dreading it coming back I think it was November time and uh you know, playing at Upton Park, and um, I think oh, I didn't. I just didn't know what the reaction would be, and it was it was a mixture. They read my name out. They were, half the crowd were booing, Ooh. and half the crowd were like polite applause yeah. for what I'd done. Yeah. And um, and and that was how it was in that first season. Then they went down. The second season I was at Everton. Then the third season they came came back up, and that was the Stuart Slater quarter final game, and uh, when. Uh, West Ham beat Everton in the, mm-hmm. I, and I was on the subs bench and I got booed in that game as well and I was all singing what a waste of money and all that stuff and they, they, did and that hurt? of course it hurt but you expect it you can't you can't moan about it because it's kind of it's just banter really even though I hate it, that word it yeah, is kind of just banter. banter but it I can understand if you're a West Ham fan and your star striker leaves and you get relegated, there's only one person you're going to blame. You're yeah. going to blame me, and yeah. I, I understood that. And I, yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I, I just never felt that I was going to return to the club because the circumstances were never right. And then, um, 1993, as we all know, Bobby Moore died, and uh, as soon as that happened, and they said we're going to we're going to have a, a game, a special game, West Ham against the Premier League select team 
and there was 22 teams in the Premier League at the time and obviously West Ham were one of them so there was 21 players they're going to pick one player from each club and I'm thinking please let me be one of the players and you know Bobby Moore was special to me and mm. more importantly to my family and what he meant to everyone and uh, as an Everton player I'm thinking please pick me please pick me and the letter came through you know congratulations you're playing for the Premier League select 11 I thought oh, fantastic and then I then get to the ground and you're getting changed and I think, oh no, I haven't thought about this. You know, the, yeah. the crowd are going to slaughter me and oh my God, you know, they, how can they be booing me when it's... Because I'd only really had the mixed reception. Yeah. And then we, we came out and then they then said, oh, well, they're going to introduce you one by one. And I think, oh, oh God, no, here we go. Like, And uh, they went along the line. I, it's hard to remember who played in that game, but... And it got to me and they went, oh, please welcome back Tony Cotty. And I stepped forward fearing the worst and every single person in that crowd, you know, maybe it was the occasion and obviously yeah. with Bobby's death and everything. And I got a fantastic um, ovation. Amazing. And then I scored. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we lost 2-1. Yeah. West, West, West Ham won 2-1, but I scored against West Ham. And so then, is there a celebration yeah, in that context? And then the following season... Um, uh, the, the score was West Ham nil Everton one, and I scored the only goal in that game as well. But they gave me—I think they was coming round. Mm. I think long enough had gone, and the, the fans realised that yeah, I could still score goals. And yeah. you know, so when the opportunity came, mm. which was in uh, sort of late 1994, uh, to come back, you know, I, I, I'd got to—I'd done as much as I could. I had six years at, at, at Goodison, and I, I wouldn't say I was homesick, but you always thinking, well. I'd like to come back to London yeah. eventually and West Ham needed a goal scorer so you know when the, the opportunity came Harry Bennett was a manager and it, it, it was a perfect match for me you know I wanted to come home and I think the fans were ready for me to come home and and then I go and get sent off in the first game. Like, oh no! What are you doing? You had one a dream debut. Your second debut is a nightmare. Oh my god! What yeah. did Rob Jones say to you? You you, no, take it, him, you cut him in half. Uh, yeah, what it was, it, it was. I think I was. If I remember right, I was I was fouled or I, I can't I can't remember. I, I I must have. I haven't watched the incident too much. But something happened and I I just the red mist came down and I sort of had a lunge up and I, I didn't actually connect with him you know it, I just you know unless I can't tackle I was a four, I never made a tackle in my life <laughs> I sort of lunged in and it, 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 it looked awful and of course he was rolling around and I actually didn't make any contact with him it was one of him the, I'm not think it was one of those uh, challenges you could do you know when the fullback plays it down the line and as a forward you could slide in and yeah. wipe him out and yeah. you know normally you'd get a yellow card but it, we, we'd come into the 90s it was the Premier League and all that sort uh. of stuff and uh, you know the referee red card and I looked up and oh, oh my god what have you done and it was nil-nil at the time we had a great chance of winning the match we, we eventually drew the game nil-nil and then you come in after and then you get fined two weeks wages and you think oh god oh, you know. great start. and then you, you're banned for three games and you think oh, for god's sake like what a start that is you know and that was my debut up at Anfield and <laughs> imagine the Liverpool fans they haven't played for Everton yeah. and they absolutely slaughtered me so you know I had to wait and then home home debut second home debut uh, against Aston Villa and I scored with 10 minutes to go we won 1-0 and I think all was forgiven after yeah. that So, um, but it, it was a big challenge for me coming back because I, you know, I'd, I'd set the standards in the first spell and it was always going to be hard for me to live up to that and mm. to, you know, I'd scored over 100 goals in that first spell and it was it was always going to be hard for me I'd been away six years I was a different player perhaps a little bit a little bit slower than what I was when I left but all, as an all-round player I was a better player um, and you know different players here different mentality and uh, you know but I enjoyed my second spell probably not as much as the first spell but I did enjoy my second spell 
What, what had changed around West Ham like, in between those two spells? Was it a drastically different club? No, I don't think so. I mean, the training ground was the same. If you go down the training ground now, it's the same it's as what it was same. in back in 1995. <laughs> so, you know, we need a new training ground. We keep getting all these injuries. So, um, yeah, I mean, Shirley was still there, the chef. Um, <laughs> There was a lot of things still the same. Um, Alvin Martin was still there. Stevie Potts was still there. So there was it was a few few old faces. Jimmy Friff, the great Jimmy Friff, was still there. So uh, Tony Carr, obviously, you know, there was a lot that's mm. still there. And then every, you know, and you go back and then you just get in the swing of things again. But obviously, there'd been quite a change around in terms of the personnel. Uh, Dixie was still there from my first spell. Um, and, no, sorry, he came back, didn't he? Because yeah, he, he went to Liverpool and yeah, he came he back just, just after me. So um, yeah, I knew a few of the players. Um, but it was it was different. Um, you know, working under Harry was was interesting. Um, I think Harry did with me what he does with most players as a manager. He, he loves you in the first year, second year he has his doubts, and then the third year, you know, he, he's looking to get someone else in to replace you. Is that, is that, is that, that a pattern? Is that uh, no, it's a pattern? If you yeah. look, yeah, if you look at Never it with that. players, you know, whoever it might be, that's he seems to. It's just I don't know. It's just a turnaround. It's how he operates as a manager. Yeah. You know, he'll love you for a, a little while, and then he'll you know move you on. And um, I couldn't quite understand it really because I'd been top scorer for the two seasons I was back. Mm. First year on my own, the second season I was joint with Dixie. I got ten league goals, I think, but it was still quite a lot of goals to take out. You know, same as the first. But if you get rid of a player who's scoring you ten league goals, it's hard to replace them. Really is and. Um, you know, I left the club in the October, I think. I went to Malaysia, and then you know, all of a sudden they had a catastrophic run, and in the end they they bought Hartson and Kitson in the January, and, mm. and that was it, and it saved the season. But they had to pay, I don't know, what was it five million for five and a half million, given big wages or whatever, and they could have kept me, and I probably would have scored the goals the same as what the boys did anyway. So it was a strange decision, but um, I mean, my philosophy on football, particularly as I got older, is that I wanted to play football. You know, I, you know, it wasn't about the money. It never was about the money because I never got the money. You know, I, I got. Don't get me wrong, I got good money, but I didn't get the superstar money they get now. So it was never about the money. If you talk to any player who played in the seventies, eighties, whatever, it wasn't about the money. It was you play football because you love playing football. So um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to play football, and you know, when I. I got injured at the start of that third season back at the club and then all of a sudden you know, I had Dumitrescu Radichoy Foutre you know, all these players in front of me yeah. and I was about sixth choice striker and, and I'm thinking it's not the way I want my career to finish at West Ham I, I either wanted to play for West Ham or you know, as far as I was concerned I'll go and play for someone else and the problem I had no one came in for me <laughs> I ended up going to Malaysia for eight months in the wilderness and, yeah. and then I came back and I had three years at Leicester which was fantastic for me at the end of my career but and I just uh, I, again I, the, se- the second time I left West Ham it wasn't because you know I, I wanted to leave West Ham but I wanted to play football time was running out I was mm. what, 31 years of age and mm. I couldn't be sixth choice striker I didn't want to be remembered as West Ham sixth choice striker yeah but, uh, in ter- terms of characters around that time jo- Joey Beauchamp who was I missed West him Ham that was just weeks. before my time really? yeah well he, he didn't play for West Ham did he no, he sort of signed <laughs> and didn't play but no I mean it, it was amazing there were some strange uh, some strange came- yeah, there, there? there were some strange signings. Boogers, yeah. Boogers I played with him, and oh, really? he was a strange character. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he got sent off for Man United as well, didn't he? Took Gary Neville out, I think yeah. it was. That was that his debut as well. Oh, I talk about his debut, yeah. but it was early part of his career, and yeah. he, you know, he never settled down. But we had, I mean, we had uh, we had Dixie, we had Don Hutchinson, we had Martin Allen. 
Bishop, um, Bishop um, Trevor Morley was there at the start. Kenny Brown. We had, we, we, you know, we spoke about team spirit earlier on. We had a, we had a, a fantastic team spirit, a good team spirit, but a lot of it was revolving around the pub. So, <laughs> you know, which is why we probably never achieved too much in those um, <laughs> those years, I think. But now, great characters, and I really enjoyed. It was only just over two years, but I really, really enjoyed my time back at the club, and it, you know, it was home for me. You know, and and. And then I left, and then I I went back. Um, 2001, I think it was. I got invited back to go and do the hospitality, etc., at the club, and I've done that for about seven or eight years. So, mm. but um, I enjoyed my second spell as a player. It's just a shame that you know Harry sort of forced me out of the way because he he wasn't playing me. Mm. Mm. What about Ian Dowie in terms of characters? He seems like, yeah. Apparently, he's quite a laugh, which has surprised me when I found that out. Yeah, he no, is. he is. He's no, a bit he's... of a mover on the dance floor as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, no, he's a uh, character, especially, especially, stone, especially when he's had a, when he's had a few yeah. drinks. He's, 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 he's twinkle toes. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's a, he's a he's a great lad, and uh, you know he was part of the banter. And like I say, I mentioned about having a laugh and a joke, and we did that on the training ground. And um, I mean, one of the funniest things I remember from that time was that we we, um, we went out to do a warm up, and the warm up always consisted of about three or four laps running around the field. And this particular day, the uh, the, the painters were in the in the train in the training ground, and they was painting the walls or whatever they was doing. And uh, anyway, we went went out to do our warm up, and there's no sign of John Moncur. Where's Monks? Because we knew he was in, we knew he weren't injured. No sign of him. So anyway, after about the second lap, he came out right, and he all he had on was a pair of boots and a pair of socks, nothing else. (laughs) He was start naked right and what he'd done he painted his hair he'd got a paintbrush <laughs> and he had white paint on his hair and the paint was all dripping down his face and he just joined in with a warm up running with nothing on and paint on his head paint on his head <laughs> and boots and socks on that was it and nothing else on and like he carried on running and he didn't, he didn't even laugh because he you know that was all part of what he'd done yeah. but it was just brilliant but we had we had a laugh and you know I mean nowadays you know you'd probably get fined two weeks wages and that and you know I think the the, the, the um the, the laughter and that camaraderie has gone a little bit out mm. of football. Now, perhaps it's because of the you know the European mentality and players coming over, and it's all a bit different now. And Arsenal finger ball, you know, they had mm. diets and all that sort of stuff mm. and that. But you know, we had a great time, and we had I mean our Christmas parties. You can imagine what they was like, you know, in the eighties and the nineties. It was you know in the time before the the mobiles and everything, and you could get away with things. And we had some fantastic <laughs> Christmas parties. Got away so. with a lot. And you wonder why we never won anymore. <laughs> <laughs> where, where would you go? Your eighties Christmas party? Oh, was the Apollo. Club Apollo, Apollo Stratford, oh, right. yeah. yeah, Apollo yeah, Stratford. That restaurant, yeah. We had Roberto Duran was at one of our parties, the <laughs> famous boxer, and oh. we had all the page free birds with it, and it was boxers. <laughs> it was boxers and page free. They had all the pictures up all on the, the wall, pictures didn't up they? On yeah. the wall, and it was just, yeah, it was just uh, an absolute scream. Obviously, I can't go into detail yeah, because I don't want to get arrested at this moment <laughs> in time. But, but no, we we just had a laugh, and it was different. And um, you know, people always say, you know, would you, would you? Would you change playing in that era to for playing now? And you know, the, apart from the the obvious reason, which is obviously the financial aspect, I wouldn't change it because I, you know, we enjoyed our football. We had a laugh, and you know, you, you the guys you were playing with, your mates, and mm. and to know, play for your team as well, and to play for my team, I wouldn't change it for the world. I really wouldn't. You know, I mean, like, obviously, I'd love to have been paid. 90 grand a week or whatever it is that some players get nowadays I'd love to have got that sort of money we, you know, if we was lucky we got 90 grand a year so it was, yeah. it was a different era that we played mm-hmm. in you know so 2001 you come back you're in the boxes now you're back as a fan yeah I mean it was it was great because um, they just built the 
I always call it a new stand. I mean, ain't it? New, is it? I mean, <laughs> it was the, the new West Stand, yeah. and then it was the Dr. Martins, and then it was the Alpari, and now it's the, yeah. was it FX? I don't know yeah. what it's called now. It's the West Stand. West, West Stand. It was always the West Stand, wasn't it? And um, Sue Page, who was um, the uh, commercial director, she rang me up. I just retired. I know, actually, I saw her. There was a pre season friend at Rushton and Diamonds, and I went to that game, and I bumped into her, and she said, Oh, you know, we just opened this new stand, and we've got two big lounges. We need someone to, to do a bit of hospitality. And, you know, I just literally just retired, and then. I hadn't really done anything like that before and she said well just to make it easier why don't we get Frank McAvenny to do it with you <laughs> okay wow. well, good so I, rang, I had to ring Frank so I rang Frank up do you fancy doing this and he and like so every other week for the home games and I was doing Sky so when West Ham it was brilliant for me because when West Ham were away I went and done my Sky work and, mm. and at that time I could actually do West Ham games as well so I would do his studio or whatever for, for Sky and then for the home games me and Frank were hosting in these two lounges and uh, it was quite funny because uh, you know we we worked out um, a system that worked for us. We used to do a quiz, and again before they had the, all the internet and all that stuff, you do the quiz, and you'd, we'd just get ex players there, and we'd interview the ex players. But you know, as much as the fans love Frank being there, they couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> so it was it was hilarious sometimes. I think one of the funniest ones was when he um, Frank turned up and he had a really bad cold, and he'd, he'd been taking some medication. So I don't know what he was taking, but he had the medication. And, of course, he then had his traditional vodka and coke or whatever it is. So he'd had about five of them before we'd even got up on the um, on the stage to do our gig in the, in the lounges. And if they thought Frank was bad most weeks, <laughs> you should have heard him this week. He was slurring and everyone, you know. But, of course, he... You know, with the with the um, the myth with Frank is like everyone says, uh, you know, oh yeah, typical Frank. Oh, he was doing that back in the eighties, and he was he was out on a Friday night, and he had twelve pints, and he was sleeping with all these girls, and he was doing all the drugs and everything. And and you say, no, 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 Frank was a good professional. No, no, he was out. I know he was out every night. And in the end, you you can't win the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So you just oh yeah, yeah, no, there weren't twelve pints. It was fourteen pints, <laughs> and you just agree with people because that was the myth about Frank, yeah, you know. But yeah. we had some great times and. I think he only done it for about two seasons, and I, I actually done hospitality for about five or six seasons, and then I got involved in the takeover, and Terry Brown got the ump with me and sacked me, and yeah. oh, you're cast aside. Uh, I was cast you? aside, and then uh, I came. Uh, I was out of the club for a couple of years, and persona non grata, as they say, and to the point where I I, I couldn't get a ticket for the 2006 FA Cup final that we spoke oh, about. That's I, ridiculous. I couldn't get a ticket off the club, oh, really? so. Um, uh, I was lucky because uh, I don't know just a hospitality I think it's through the FA or something they said oh, we're looking for someone to do hospitality and you can bring a guest with you thank Christ for that because I, I, I couldn't yeah. miss the final I, I wanted to go to the final so I went down to Cardiff and um, went to the game and I was just sitting there and chatting away to my mate and he said what do you reckon I said oh, I said this was like three minutes into uh, um, a minute into injury time I said oh we'll be alright John I said as long as the ball don't land at Stephen Gerrard's feet <laughs> oh, no. 30 famous last words straight in the back of the net and I, he looked at me and he went why did you say anything sorry <laughs> mate like, you know but yeah, um, yeah so I, I, I had all that experience and then eventually I then got back into the club and Scott Duxbury sorted something out and then uh, David Sullivan and David Gold took over was it 2010 was it I think it was 2010 mm. I think it was five years ago six years ago whatever and then they just booted me straight out as soon as they came in Gailey as well you know we was doing the ambassador work for the club and uh, I, you know I was disappointed with Karen because uh, Karen Brady that is and you know because she didn't ever call me in and sit down like we're talking about now and you know she never once asked what I did for the club and how I could contribute and you know, if it if it was purely about cutting costs, I understood that because they, there was a huge debt. Mm. And if she'd have said, "Well, look, we're going to." 
cut what you're getting, we'll give you 50%. I just said, thank you, Karen. That's really kind of you. I'm, you know, I'm not doing it for, for the money. Mm. I'm doing it because I love working for West mm. Ham. But there was, there was none of that. And then at the 2011, uh, I think it was 2011, the um, the end of season dinner, which we got relegated under Avram Grant. And mm. that was the, was it the Denver Bar? Who was it? We wouldn't sign the autograph at the dinner. Can you remember? Was it oh, Denver it Bar? Oh, Denver Bar and it all kicked off. Oh, and it, it all kicked yeah. off, yeah. And I had a I had a 20 minute row with Karen Brady at the back of the uh, the room that, that night. Did you? And, yeah, I had a proper row with her. Whoa. Did you tell her what, what, what was... No, I just said to just her... said a few things that you'd get off yeah, your chest. She, she, yeah, she wasn't happy with me because uh, I'd said something on the radio, I think it was, and, and I just said to her, I said, well, look, Karen, you should have called me in and you know you don't realize what this club means to me why didn't mm. you call me in why didn't you why don't you tell mm. me face to face you know they, there was no phone call or nothing i just got a call from hr you've been sacked you know but how can you do that when you don't know what someone does for the club mm. you know and i was involved in the commercial i was involved in other stuff advertising branding all sorts of things yeah. i was doing and i was bringing money into the club and she never once so anyway we had to be arguing see oh yeah listen we've cleared the air since then mm. yeah Rather worryingly, she's kissed it? me a few times. I've seen her really give oh, a little lucky, kiss. Yeah. Oh, lucky, yeah. So, well, You're back in the good books. Yeah, I think I'm back in the good books to the point, as I said, I've been invited to the end of season dinner. And I don't I've know, not invo- if she listens to this, she might not be. <laughs> no, listen, we're, we're, we're fine, we're fine. We've, we've had our problems, but listen, you have arguments with people mm. and you move yeah. on. Didn't I? I don't know. You know I've got no, and I, I actually admire what they've done at the club. They've done a really good job they've at the club. They've done a fantastic job, And, yeah. uh, you know, good luck to them. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to the end of season dinner, I'm going to the Swansea game, as I said, mm. and the club have invited me and the, you know, I, I, I got two letters to my house and both were from Karen and that's fine you know, yeah. move on you know life's too short to yeah, hold things against people it is it? difficult though when you're in the media and you're a fan and you want to keep on side with the club as well it's very difficult it's a fine line isn't it between saying what you really want to say yeah. being professional and being a fan yeah well I, I mean luckily and you'll notice it um I'm now not allowed to do West Ham games for yeah. Sky. They changed it what? about yeah. They changed it about six years ago, maybe mm. seven years ago. Because Tom, I always used to do Liverpool, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, used yeah. to do Southampton. Everyone was doing their own club. Charlie yeah. and Merce were doing Arsenal, whatever. But everyone was being a little bit too, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly for their club. I like um, that. Yeah, oh. I know. But I, so I can't do West Ham, Everton, Leicester, my three clubs, which is fine. But the point I'm going to make is like ten years ago we. Um, we played at Reading. I think it was on New Year's Day. You might remember this game. We lost six nil. Yes, yeah, I remember Collison that. got sent off. Absolutely well. battered. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was in the Sky Studios on the Saturday show. My game was Reading v West Ham, and and Jeff kept coming to me like one nil, two nil, three nil, four nil. <laughs> well, at least was, you used to get goals back then, though. Yeah, exactly. I'll get nil <laughs> nils now. now but, yeah, but this was against West Ham. And when the fifth goal went in, and and I said to Jeff and. And I said, Jeff, I said, I've got to be honest, I've been a West Ham fan for 25 years or whatever it was, 30 years at the time or whatever, you know. I said, and this is the worst away performance I've ever seen. And I had to say it. And I couldn't say... Uh, oh West Ham are playing really well but they're losing 5-0 because you, you guys as fans you look at me yeah. and say well, what's he yeah. on about they're losing 5-0 so um, you know, coming back to your point I, you know I, I'm a fan and I'm very uh, passionate about my club but I'm you know I, I, I won't try and pull the wall over their yeah. eyes if they're, if they're playing rubbish or yeah, as it was it. with Avram Grant if they appoint, appoint a rubbish manager and he was rubbish I'll say he was rubbish you know and mm. that is that is it because you know it, we're getting relegated and everything's going on and, and if I'm saying oh yeah oh, Avram Grant what a great appointment you know a brilliant manager but the fans are going to say what are you yeah. on about mm. yeah. you know so but you you have to get the balance right but you can't you can't, you can't go in the all, fans yeah, and you, you can't go in all guns blazing either can no you, you can't and you, you you know you have to get the balance right a little bit with with it and uh, I know I do try and get that balance right but I also 
you know me well enough. I try. I'm, I'm, I'm honest, you know, yeah. and I think if you're honest, then people respect that. You know, if you're honest and give an opinion, and they might not agree with your opinion, but mm. at least, well, at least he's been honest. I think that's what it's like, you know. So in in the media, when I'm talking about West Ham, Everton, Leicester, you know, obviously West Ham's my club, Everton's my second club, and Leicester's my third club. And I, but I always try and be honest about the clubs. Mm. And how do you think we're doing at the moment? Are you happy as a West Ham fan with the, the owners and the manager? Yeah, um, I'm absolutely delighted we didn't get Rafa Benitez. Yeah, absolutely delighted. Yeah, I Hi. can't. Uh, oh, I nearly said something. There. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Rafa Benitez. I think he. Um, he, uh, I don't think he. Do- I don't know why the Liverpool fans think he was such a great manager. I really don't. Well, I just don't. Jeff, I don't think he's West Ham though. I no. just don't think he would have no. suited us. Yeah, Whether you like him or not, yeah, as a manager. Yeah, what he did. Forgetting what he did at Liverpool, I think he would have arrived at West Ham not knowing where the club is, not knowing anything about the history, not caring about the history, not caring about the club. He would have done what he was doing, and that would have been it. So my stance, right at once, as soon as I was disappointed, Sam left. And the reason being is I, f- I, I looked at it from a, a business point of view. From a business point of view, I felt it was a huge risk getting yeah. rid of Sam. I was, huge, I was the same, huge actually. risk. I got slated for having that opinion. Yeah, but, but well, there's, two, there's, there's two aspects to it. You've got the football side of it and the business side of it. And if you look at the football side, listen, I'm not stupid. I know from the football side of it, the fans weren't happy. Yeah. It didn't make sense to keep him. He'd probably done as much as he could for the club. It was time to move on. From a business point of view, how can you get rid of someone who guaranteed Premier League football? That was what I was thinking, uh, you know, with Sam. Mm. So it was a, it was a massive risk to do it. I admire the club, uh, the ball for doing it because you know they it could have gone disastrously wrong as it often has at West Ham. Um, but once Sam left, you know, so thanks very much, Sam. And I've said that on, on the record. You know, you know, thanks for what you did. You got us out of the Championship. You established us back as a Premier League club. Mm-hmm. You Cleaned took a, up a lot of mess. Mm, yeah, got the team spirit back, etc. Yeah. And you took us as far as you could. So thanks very much, Sam. You know, he moved on and we moved on. But like I said, I'm just so pleased we didn't get Benitez because I don't think he would have got it. You know, Sam always spoke about what is the West Ham way and all that. There's no way Benitez would have got that. But when you got Slaven, Slaven played for the club. Yeah, he was the perfect choice, I think. He was perfect choice. He knew what it meant. And, you know, I I think um, in an ideal world, and I've always said this, whenever West Ham look to get a manager, if possible... And it's only if possible because it's not always you can't always do it. You should try and get someone who is a a West Ham fan or b play for the club. Yeah. Now, obviously, there ain't many West Ham fans out there in terms of like played and managed or whatever, you know. Mm. So it's hard to get that. I understand that, but there are people out there that have played for the club. And if you play for the club, then you know what it means to the fans. You know mm. what it's like to be a West Ham player to to play in that atmosphere, at Upton Park, and to you know what it means to the fans. And you, you go and do your shopping every week, and you always get a West Ham fan. You can go anywhere in the world. I've always said you go anywhere in the world, you'll find a West Ham fan. Doesn't mm. matter. You, you go Australia, <laughs> yeah. Zimbabwe, or wherever yeah. it's called. You go wherever you want. You'll always find a West Ham fan. And <laughs> and the point being that Slaven gets it. He yeah. knows what it means to the fans. Uh, he loves the club, and I know he was only at the club 15 months, and he left to go to Evan. And I understand. Well, Imagine that I, leaving you know, to go to Evan. Yeah, know. exactly. I mean, who on earth would do that? <laughs> but, um, but he's not just paying lip service, is he? When he says those things about the club, about the fans, he actually no, he, does he actually understand feels it. it. He feels it, and he understands he it, which that. is great. And it, it, it also it also gave him the ability to 
I know they didn't do it, but if they'd have had a poor start, then he would have got away with it because yeah. he's Slavin Bilic, because he's played with the club. Yeah, well, it's going to take time and all that. I mean, as it turned out, we had a fantastic start and he didn't need that. But where he did get the grace, perhaps, was over the last seven or eight games where we've had, was it, three nil nils on the trot and all mm. that with the injuries. And I think people are a little bit, up, you know, they're a bit more understanding when mm. there's that West Ham connection. So <clears throat> I'm delighted Slavin got it. Um, I know we ain't spoke much about it, but I'm thrilled that we're going to the Olympic Stadium. I really yeah. am. Yeah. Um, do I want to leave Upton Park, the bowling ground? Um, no, of course not. I don't think anyone in their right mind, if you, you know, you talk to... Apparently, there's a million West Ham fans around the world. And if you talk to the million West Ham fans, you know, not one of those million fans would say, I actually want to leave the yeah. ground because we don't because that's where the history is you know for me it goes back many years as yeah. a as a my family as a player as a fan we uh, yeah everything's there and you know I don't want to leave the ground but I'm fed up I'm so frustrated and fed up you know it, you've got to remember it's coming up for 36 years since we won anything mm. you know forget the Intertoto Cup and things like that you know <laughs> I can't the, the, <laughs> we spoke we spoke about the 1980 FA Cup final right 36 years yeah you know, Chris I don't know how old you are yeah, but 32 32 right so you, in the whole time you've been alive West Ham yeah. have never won anything well, yeah, yeah and me and me I'm only 32 I didn't ask that question but you let me know it's but yeah, thanks TC yeah sorry but you know what I'm saying but you know what I'm saying it was a great night <laughs> but yeah I accept you know what I'm saying you, yeah. in the whole time you've been alive West Ham yeah. have never won anything now in that time we're going to have won something Birmingham have won something. God. Swansea. Swansea uh, have won something. So you know you can do it. You can't just you can't say oh we all oh, the big clubs have been winning everything. Yeah. You know because other teams have won things. So my point being that we need to we need to do something. we need to compete yes. and and I, I think we was at a crucial time in our history as a football club because you know this we'll accept it. There's three massive London clubs, right? You got Arsenal in a fantastic stadium at the Emirates, doing really well, right? You got Spurs going to move into a sixty-one thousand all-seater stadium. Unfortunately, they're doing really well as well. And then you have got Chelsea, who aren't doing so well, but Chelsea are going to knock Stamford Bridge down and build a 60,000 all-seater stadium. So, do we want to compete with Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs, or do we want to compete with Crystal Palace, Charlton, yeah. Fulham, Brentford, QPR? Is that is that where we want to be? I don't want to be there. Mm. You know, is any you know? So, as a fan, the only way for us to to try and compete, I'm, listen, I'm not saying that moving to the Olympic Stadium will solve all our problems, and all of a sudden we're going to win the Premier League. I'm not saying that, but it will give us the platform if we do it properly, yeah. as in the football model, not the business model, but the football model. If we do it properly, it will give us the ability to try and compete yeah. with the three London clubs and obviously with the, the Manchester clubs and the Liverpools, Everton's, etc. So that we can try and become a top six club. And I think we can do that. The fan base is there. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, well, you won't fill the stadium. What a complete load of nonsense. If we have got a successful team, we it won't be enough. 54,000 not enough. When we played Blackpool, I'm sure you guys were at the game, Blackpool game in the, yeah. in the playoff final. Now, we could have sold 90,000 90, easily, West Ham. We probably could have sold it twice over. The demand was there because it was West Ham playing in a... Oh, no, it was a one-off game. But if you get a successful West Ham team, 54,000, not enough. We, you know, mm. we, you'll be, it'll be banged out. Every game next season will be banged out. The following season is where the problems start because <laughs> if you get relegated yeah. or the football's not very good yeah. or whatever, then, you know, obviously, then then that's, that's there's a big difference there. But I think it will give us the platform to do it. Like I said, I don't want to leave... Don't want to leave the bowling ground, but I am excited about going to the Olympic Stadium. I've bought two tickets, and I certainly wasn't yeah, given a complimentary. Yeah, 
I bought two tickets and I said to my boys the other day, they was 18, I said, guys, I said, if I die tomorrow, I said, my legacy is my two season tickets for you guys. And that, for mm. me as a dad, is mm. a very proud thing to do. Yeah, yeah. That one day I could say, there you go, here's your two yeah. season tickets. You know, and go and support the Hammers like they do. You know, they live in Surrey with their mum, so they can't get to the game so much. But yeah. I'm taking them to the Aston Villa game. You know, and they'll go to that game. That'll probably be their last journey to to the bowling. Wow. So uh, I think yeah, we'll um, be fine though. We've got a shrewd board. You mm. know, they picked a good manager. They've picked some good players as well over absolutely, the past yeah. And that's two what I, that's what I said. Be. I've had me ups and downs and runnings with the board and with Karen, but you know, they're, they're doing everything's going they in the right they've direction got great, now. They, and, they got us a great deal getting in there yeah, as well. And I don't mm. think we we won't. Approach until we get in there and see how big it is and how yeah. great it is, I don't, you know, once we get in there and all of a sudden it'll be your home and then you, you know, you'll get in 30 years' time. It'll be weird at first, though. How weird no, is it? No, it's going to be, it's going to be, I, 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 you know, I can't begin to describe what it's going to be like for A, the first, uh, the last game against Swansea. What's that going to be like? Because yeah. I can't oh. imagine, you know, yeah. I reckon the fans will take their screwdrivers I'm and, have, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> shovels to dig the pitch I'm, up I'm and everything. I'm going to have so, to run onto the pitch just for old times' sake. I think everyone will do that. We'll <laughs> really Said, oh, you're not allowed on the pitch. How can you stop 15,000 fans? I used to do that every every last game of the season. Let everyone run on the pitch and then clear the pitch and do your lap of honour and everything. You know, let's all enjoy it. There's no way they'll be able to stem that time. But it's 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 a special special occasion, and I think we all need to take it in. and, And everyone's got to understand this is not the days of the you know the 70s when they run on to have a fight and everything yeah. it's a celebration it's going to be an emotional, yeah. be an emotional and a, you know everyone's going to be very emotional and I think we should be allowed as fans to whatever oh. you feel like you, you want to do got chills just thinking about it you know, like, no, I totally agree with Bianca if, if Bianca wants to run on the pitch <laughs> make sure the final whistle's gone before you do it but no you know what I'm saying if, if as a fan yeah. if you feel that you need to run on the pitch and we bring back memories of the 80s and 90s where the last game last home game everyone used to run on the pitch didn't yeah. I and it was great yeah. you know it was a bit scary as a player I patted you on the back <laughs> I patted you on Did the you? back yeah I remember one I, I can't remember what year it you know was you that but... crazy little girl <laughs> was that 10 year old came <laughs> steaming up oh, yeah. I love you uh, too honestly soon. there was one game and um, I, I ended up going into the changing room and all I had left was my, I had my like my pants on and oh, my, sorry my boots that. and my socks <laughs> my shorts are gone my yeah. top are gone and like it just ripped off like it's quite scary when everyone's trying to grab a bit of whatever you know so but, what, um, what was your tactics when there's a pitch invasion do you run straight away or do you try and no, seek a bit of imagination no, no, there's no there's no point you slow, you, and sometimes a whistle went and you was right on the far side of the pit so yeah. you're like you know, I'm done you, for yeah you just <laughs> no, I think the day sometimes they sort of all hovered near the tunnel didn't they the whistle went <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, going back to what I was saying like I say I you know, I'm, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I honestly believe that the the West Ham fans should be allowed to celebrate in whatever way they think. You know, as long as it's done in a peaceful manner yeah. and a, a sensible be, manner, I'm which sure. I think it will be. You know, like I, you know, I, I, I hope they don't put like you know loads of police and stewards around, and you know, you you can't do this. You know, just say to the fans, well, you know let everyone get off the pitch mm. or something and then they'll yeah. run on and celebrate and do, you know let's make it a special occasion special West Ham occasion and there's a lot of fans out there who remember the good old days where they used to run on the pitch you know and mm. uh, you know let, let it be yeah. what it be and then once 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 we got over the emotion of the Swansea game then we can all get excited and look forward to whatever the first time game is uh, next season and, uh, and I think it hopefully will um, I, I think it will take three, four, five years but hopefully if you could not that I want to do it but if you can wind forward three, four, five years I think we'll be in a position where we are challenging you know to be one of mm. you know England's 
top six clubs, and that's where I want to be. And that's why I say I'm, I'm fed up with us not winning anything. You know, mm. and, and again, guilty as charged. You know, I was part of teams that we mm. should have done better. We should have done this. Should have done that. But as a fan, you know, I want to see us win the FA Cup again. I want to see us get into the Champions League if possible. You know, let's get in the Europa League first, obviously. But you know, we might do that this season. But this, you know, this. Why can't West Ham do that? You know, other teams mm. have done it. Everton have done it. Spurs have done it. You know, very similar-ish clubs in terms of fan base, and you're right, yeah. they might have won more in the, in the past or whatever in terms of league titles and that. But you know, very similar family sort of clubs. So if they can do it, why can't we do it? You know, that's yeah. that's my feelings on it. But you can't do it with thirty-five thousand crowds when everyone else is getting sixty thousand crowds. Yeah. You know, and all the money that will come from the advertising, the branding, the stadium naming rights. You know, I mean, I mean we're going to have to put up with it being the whatever stadium, mm. but. If that's what it takes and it brings more money in, people have to remember that the more money that comes into the club, the more money you've got to spend on players and wages and the more you spend, yeah. the better players coming back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, in terms of stealing, so you're going with your screwdriver against Swansea. What, you, what do you want from Upton Park? Apart from the floodlight, it's not something you can sell. So it's something special. Yeah, um, I want a bit of turf. Yeah, a bit yeah. Of turf. I've got my, a bit of turf. Put in my back garden. Well, I think that's what they'll be worried about because, in all seriousness, there's a lot of pitch events that they're doing at the end yeah, of the yeah. season, so uh, they'll be worried about people. Oh, they actually will be very worried that, about you know, that. Like, I don't know. Or maybe, they'll, maybe I'll, I won't get a bit of don't turf. Don't bring then. your spade, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to say that the, the crossbar, the, the the ball came off when I scored my debut goal, but I'm guessing that 33 years later, it's probably not. The it same was made out of wood then, was it? I don't know. I don't know really it's not as if I've had a season ticket you know where you know because I just sit wherever yeah. or ponce in or whatever I do um I, I don't know really I, I just want to take in the day I yeah. want and lots I wanna, of pictures I think of of the day yeah, yeah. I want to get there early I want to soak in the atmosphere and maybe either before the game or after the game just have a bit of I don't know standing on the pitch or something yeah. just have my own yeah. little moment and yeah. think you know and and hear that crowd yeah so I, I will do something special for me um, I won't necessarily take away any bit of memorabilia and I think yeah. it would be difficult mm. to do that on a day because I know in the club they want to sell the seats and sell the turf and do yeah, this and do oh, that everything we, will, you know, everything yeah exactly everything, everything will have a price and I get that but I, I just want to I want to save in the moment and I, you know, I think we all will we'll, we'll all want to be there and mm. and I, I don't know I honestly don't know where I'm going to be but it's you know it's going to be a an emotional day but then you know we wipe the tears away and then we look forward to a new era at the club and it's an exciting era as well and, and I think we should all be really excited as West Ham fans for the future because I can only see it being a, a, a positive one yeah and lastly number one moment at Upton Park what's your what's your highlight for me personally, do you mean? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh my god. Um, you know what? I probably will come back to, but um, oh, it's a tough. It's a tough question. Um, because as a fan, there were so many great moments as a fan. Um, I remember beating Spurs in the League Cup on that way to the final. Yeah. I remember the quarter final when we beat Aston Villa one 0 Ray Stewart scored a penalty to get us through to the semis in '80. Great memories as a fan, um, you know, as a as a player. Um, obviously, my debut. Without waffling on about that, um, I think scoring four goals as an eighteen-year-old against Bury, you know, even though there was only ten thousand people there, <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much all the games of the eighty-five, eighty-six, the Ipswich game in particular, when everyone came on the pitch in the end, mm. end of the game that night, and yeah. we came off and we, wow, we are one game away from winning the league. Yeah. And you know, I never had that feeling, obviously, in any other stage of my yeah. career. So that was mm. a special night. Get me hat trick when I came back second spell against Man City. The only 
league hat trick at home at the at the bowling ground. I only scored one one hat trick in the league at home, and that was it in my second spell, not the yeah. first spell. So, uh, yeah, listen, I probably would always come back to my debut, and it's, yeah. it's sort of strange in a way that all those memories and everything. Um, but it was just a special, special, special day and special occasion for me and my family. And you know, of all the goals I scored, you know, what's your favourite goal? First goal yeah. probably says it already, doesn't it? The News about the Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. And it's triple your odds on your first one. Really simple, all the way to the end of the season. If you haven't got an account, all you need to do to get triple your odds on your first bet is go to 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. Cool. TC, thank you very much Chris, for your time. It's been a pleasure. It's been, it's been brilliant. How's your debut been? Yeah. Well, I was As, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you do say yourself, yeah. It, it was more your first debut for West Ham than the second one. I think we could agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't exactly. like Rob Jones Definitely. sending off. It was more of a winner. <laughs> I'm trying to forget that one. Like, you keep bringing it up. No, no you were brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I could sit here all night and speak to you, honestly. Yeah. But, no, uh, it's, it's great fun. And like I say, you know, I'm a fan and I could sit here all night and we just talk about West Ham because it's, just, you know, it's my love. You know, mm. obviously yeah. you have your personal life, but then my great love in yeah. life, apart from a personal life, it's West Ham. I yeah. talk about it all day long, all night long. And another thing, where is Christian Daly? I don't know. <laughs> I, I've already asked. Yeah, him. I, oh, TC got you? here. It's like my yeah, last I heard he was trying to be a pundit. Was that right? Saw, he was you know, on TV. Apparently, but I don't think Christian it? likes football. I don't think he likes watching <laughs> football. So how can you be a pundit if you don't like watching football? He's guessing. You'll have to ask him about it. But if we can well, find I'd love him, to, I'd love to. <laughs> <What do you laughs> mean, well, you me? must have his number. Well, yeah, he, number. Doesn't, he doesn't pick up. No. He doesn't. He doesn't reply. He must answer to you, but surely. Yeah, to I be mean, honest, I haven't tried to call him. Oh, well, there, there we go. go. See, Bianca, oh, will will get get I will. Yeah. Well, now I'm a host. I'm yes. going to have to, aren't I? You'll get hold of him, don't worry. I didn't mean you like that. I mean, as in you'll ring him up. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Okay, I think we should end it there. Excellent, Sissy. Thank you very much. You're on Twitter now as well for if any, any oh, fans what, can't, on, you, are, you are in your on Twitter yeah, I, I can't get my head around it I really can't I'm, 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 listen, I'm 50 years of age and I, you know I don't oh, alright granddad you're no, not that old no no but I, I can't get my head around I've got I think there's 35,000 people follow me and I can't get my head around saying oh um, I'm coming up to London to do a podcast or whatever I can't get around self-promotion it's important no, I, these days yeah but I don't I don't need it B. I don't need to to tell people what I'm doing and I don't mm. need self-promotion I'm on Sky so I, I you know people know my face and yeah. I walk around the streets yeah. of London everyone knows me anyway so I don't need to I, so I can't quite get my head around it I sort of do it every now and again but like Sporadic. I say I did make the prediction West Ham 2 Liverpool nil. and if you go I'm to it, check you'll, that see, out. you'll see my prediction before the game I might add not after the game Good, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, it's the modern world, isn't it? Social media, yeah, and, yeah. and podcasts. Who would ever thought, you know, what we're doing now? But you know, you, you, you used to have like club call, wouldn't it? you? Remember, it was club call back <laughs> well, in the 90s. Yeah. We might bring it back from this episode <laughs> on 0891 number. <laughs> <laughs> the fans paid a fortune yeah. for you know, it's just yeah. but it's all changed, isn't it? And it, yeah. it is the modern world, so yeah. Do you remember your Twitter handle? Or we'll put it on the website. At Tony Cotty Nine. So there you go. There you, go. Nine, yeah. but you won't see too much on there. I'm just saying yeah, that. You know, that's how it every is. now and again, I think, oh, I haven't been on Twitter for a while. I'll put something on yeah. there. You yeah. know, but unlike Bianca, who's on there quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Bianca, you're on Twitter, obviously. I am at B Westwood, B E Westwood. There yeah. you go. And you can email the podcast at podcast at KUMB.com. Excellent. That's all the ways you can get in touch with the show. Tony, thank you very much. Thank Absolute you. pleasure, Chris, Bianca. Thank you for having me. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, come on, you irons. Come on, come you, on you irons. irons.